Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I want to welcome everyone to Bob and Mara, where we will be speaking about compassion. All of our shows are about compassion. Welcome, everyone. And I wanted to thank Blog Talk Radio for making this venue possible for us. Our show is powered by Blog Talk Radio. I'm Bob, and Mara is here with us. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Sounds like we have loud background music. Yes. Good to see you. Good to hear you. I feel wonderful, too. You know, the same music the other day was very soft, Bob. I don't know what's going on. It says it's 50%. Um, yeah, that's I, okay. It'll... I think they can hear us. Can you all hear us? Call in, folks. It's Easter. <laughs> and welcome to... And I just... Happened welcome. this week in our lives and everyone remember to have be be thankful each day I'm going to try to stop this for you Bob okay I was trying to look to see how to stop it yeah there we go it stopped I did it for you hey now I won't touch the switchboard again from California (laughs) (laughs) whoop started again it sounds like that's okay. We will we'll figure that out. Just want to thank everyone again for being here. Thank you for uh, everything this week. It's been a at times this week has been it's been a little trying for me, but I try to look through to say thanks for the great things that have happened during each day. The last week we were talking a lot about or we started our our series on talking about the Tao, and we used verse 10, and we, and today we're going to discuss verse 10, and we're going to move into the next verse that we chose, which is verse 9, and I've been led to quite a few things about verse 10 while studying it and trying to maybe figure out what it really means or how to put it into perspective. share those with you in a little while, but what I wanted to do this morning was, um, invite you all to call in and for those of you that celebrate Easter happy Easter to everyone happy spring our spring has sprung this couple days ago and we want to invite you to call in today and share your thoughts about the Tao your thoughts about compassion you've taken action to be more compassionate in your life and again that number is 646-595 3584. If you like our show, please tell your friends. Have your friends uh, either listen live with us now or to check it out on Blog Talk Radio anytime after the show is over. And remember to rate us when you're finished and leave us a comment. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Okay? If everyone would do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. I wanted to just share a small little quote this morning, and it is, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And that's by, and I'm going to chop up this name I know, but Pierre Tilhard de Chardin. And it really goes back to verse 10 of the Tao, that we, that separateness that we feel, but we really are one and that our body and our soul, we need to figure out how to converge the two so that we are at peace. That is so totally true. Um, In kind of a rare moment before we started the show, Bob and I spent some time just connecting on a spiritual level we normally uh, talk about what we're going to be talking about to all of you and spirit just runs through our conversations but the one thing about today for all of us for what in at least in the christian faith 
is today is the day when our oneness is most visible. A human being who walked this planet uh, ultimately rose up and joined the other side, just as each and every one of you will join the other side. Now, we have deified that person, but when we deify him, we call him the Son of God, and we are all made in God's image. We are all genetically linked with God. We are all sons and daughters of God. Most of us um, are not willing to take on the obligation that recognition carries with it. It causes you to be a bit more of a role model. It causes you to ask, is this what love would do now? What would uh, our father say or our mother say or Yahweh say or Allah or the Great Spirit or the Eternal Mystery say if we face them right now in this moment? Are we living this moment in a divine way, loving one another, caring, gently touching? So today is a beautiful day of rebirth. It always lights my soul up. And it's an example of the fact that each and every one of us can have this feeling and start over any time we are not our highest selves. Namaste, our friends. Namaste. And remember, our friends, that you're enough, you are enough, I am enough, we are enough. And let's just say that three times together, that I am enough. Let's say that three times. I am I enough. Am enough. I am enough. I am enough. I am I enough. I am enough. And, and we are. It's, it, you've got to just remember that as you go through the week. Don't let others try to bring you down. Don't allow others to pass judgment on you, or if they do pass judgment on you, turn the other cheek. And remember that you are enough despite what anyone else might try to tell you or make you feel. And you are loved just as you are. That's why you're enough. And I love, I agree with Bob. Bob, I happen to have verse 10 here, and I know today is on verse 9, but um, I, I, I thought we have it. Verse 10 somewhat today and then roll into verse 9 and maybe, since we didn't talk about what we were going to do this morning, and we usually only very briefly do anyway, exactly. it kind of came to me that maybe what we should do is kind of discuss verse 10, read it again, and then I'll read another translation of it, and then we'll discuss it, and then we'll move into verse 9 if we have time, or leave everyone with that to ponder for the next week, and we'll discuss that next week. Which would be good, since I see, if I look at the show information, I have conflicting 9 and 10. So that's a good idea. We'll, we'll maybe before we close today, before everybody begins their meditation, uh, if, if it's acceptable, Bob, I think uh, I will just read verse 9, and we'll have that be our topic for next week. And let's, let's celebrate uh, verse 10. Uh, should we do uh, our breathing first, or do we need to read the verse first? This why don't you read, the, why don't you read verse advance. 10 and then we'll do our breathing exercise and then we'll come back around and I'll read another interpretation or another translation rather of verse 10 afterwards. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Can you coax your mind from its wandering and keep to the original oneness? Can you let your body become supple as a newborn child's? Can you cleanse your inner vision until you see nothing but the light? Can you love people and lead them without imposing your will? Can you deal with the most vital matters by letting events take their course? Can you step back from your own mind and thus understand all things? Giving birth and nourishing, having without possessing, acting with no expectations, leading and not trying to control, this is the supreme virtue. And with that, let's begin our breathing exercise. And as we always begin with 
the exercise from Janelle Moon from How to Pray Without Being Religious, we want to center ourselves, bring ourselves to center, balance ourselves, and from there we'll move into our breathing exercise. And as I'm doing the breathing exercise, or after, we'll play some music by Alexa Yardley. It's called Taos Healing. This morning, let us remember that there is a seed in you that is your center. It is your spiritual center and is the place where your love sprouts and grows. It lies in the heart, in the deepest place of your being where love is never-ending. It is the place where love can find protection. Love can find its root. Love can find its wings to grow. This is your center. This is the place in you that holds heart with harmony. This is the place in which you matter. From your heart, you are centered. You are in a green, growing place of love. Love starts with you and shines its face on you. Love loves you. Love spreads to your neighbors, to the world. You are centered. You are love. You are centered in the wonder of love. Let us ponder that love today and think of that green, the greenness of love that in this first couple of days of spring where everything is starting to blossom and trees are starting to blossom and flowers are starting to come up. And let's begin by taking three deep breaths and As you sit or you stand or you kneel or you lie down, take those breaths deep from within your lungs and pull the air up over your calves, through your feet, and feel the the oneness, feel the light coming up through your body. Feel the earth. Center and balance yourself to the earth and pull that air up, 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 up into your lungs until you can't hold any more. And then slowly exhale that air. Feel it coming up through your the top of your head and over your back and let that air out of your lungs. another deep breath and you may take more than three breaths as I'm talking and that's fine you may take less that's fine too but feel the healing power of of the earth feel that healing nature come through your feet feel it come up through your body feel it oxygenate your muscles feel it oxygenate the organs of your body feel it coming up through your your green chakra, your gut chakra. Feel that coming through and nourishing uh, the organs of your body, of your intestinal system, of your entire digestive system. Feel that air oxygenating your, your liver and your lungs. And as it comes up further and you're releasing it back down and driving all the negative energy and all of the illness and disease from your body, let that breath out and drive all of that negativity back into the earth. Drive it back there. As you take your last third breath, focus on something that you've been thinking about all week and send love to it. Send love to that person. Send love to that situation. Surround that situation in love Send love to your enemies. Send love to your neighbors, to your friends. Send love. Send, breathe that air in. And as you breathe that air in, push your chest out and have your heart pushing out and just feel the love going out into the universe from you to everyone. And feel the peace and warmth and generosity and gratitude and prosperity of love as it flows from your heart into the heart of those that are around you.
and on and on and on around the world. And let us today
the could feel yourself at least letting off some stress and it's stress that causes a lot of us to to need healing is because we allow that stress to build up inside us and cause anger and resentment and fear and those are the things that make us ill that cause the dis-ease I'm going to read the 10th verse from the Tao once again and I'm going to read it from I'm sorry go ahead I was going to say, perhaps before you do, we might want to all join our spirits and bless that reading uh, with just a quick, quick, quick connection here. Uh, we have right now at least six people live listening to the program. Obviously, we'd love to see that number increase, but even if there was no one there, we know others can come, and we would be doing this. And so we're hoping that the six who are listening are encouraging others to listen. And if all six of you could just reach your left arm out, and let's begin the reach so that we reach out and connect and touch one another. We are a bit of revolutionaries here, those of us who listen to this program, because we believe in the power of love and we believe that one person at a time can make a difference. Let's reach our our right arm out and close the circle of the energy from all of us and know that if one person can make a difference, six of us can have a profound difference. Let's open our hearts and throw back our shoulders and send love to the universe, to everyone, everyone, everywhere. Namaste. Thank you. You're welcome. This is the tenth verse of the, again that I'm going to read is from Dr. Dyer's "Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life: Living the Wisdom of the Tao." And it, it's interesting when you read different translations of all of them how they how they vary. And this one doesn't vary too much, but it varies enough that that you will notice it. It says, "Carrying body and soul and embracing the one." Can you avoid separation? Can you let your body become as supple as a newborn child's? In the opening and shutting of heaven's gate, can you play the feminine part? Can you love your people and govern your domain without self-importance? Giving birth and nourishing, having yet not possessing, working yet not taking credit, leading without controlling or dominating, One who heeds this power brings the Tao to this very earth is the primal virtue. The the idea that we're all separate, but we're one, and that living oneness, even within ourselves, that separation of body and spirit that it talks about here, or body and soul, and how to join those two together or how to give up the body part of it and let's live by following our soul, following that inner inner energy that we all have, that inner Boy. love, that inner balance and kindness that we all have and allow that to, that I think we all have as it, 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 we're born with that as part of our nature. And if, and we allow the outside to influence us, and we let our bodies make our decisions for us a lot of times, and we don't heed to that which is our inner self, our soul, our spirit that's telling us what to do. Sometimes we let disease and and anything else that's out there influence how we live and what we do. The I rarely watch news shows, I rarely watch the news news at all, and I rarely watch, I don't watch that much TV, to be honest. The, but we happened to have been sitting down and watching TV the other night, and there was a show, and Diane Sawyer was uh, talking to prostitutes. And as she closed up her show, she made a comment that really struck home to me, and it really talked about... Uh, this oneness and about how things happen because of circumstances. And I think that anyone that watched it or anyone that could have watched that show could have been judging the women that were 
that that had the in most cases the necessity to be a prostitute and people could have been passing judgment and she closed her show and reminded everybody of the time that uh Jesus came across a prostitute and people maybe were starting to say things or he knew what they were thinking and passing judgment and he drew that line in the sand and said let those who have not transgressed throw the first stone and we just looked at each other here and we're like wow that is great thing that she said because she was really exposing that these women were there and out of necessity really they didn't just wake up one day and decide that I'm going to be a prostitute a lot of it was because of the disease of mental illness because of uh the disease of alcoholism and and addiction to drugs and we all because need to be cognizant of society things. don't help I'm sorry and because we as a society Treat, uh, operate from the Protestant work ethic. I don't often get very political, but maybe we have to get political when we're talking love. We as a society operate as though you get what you deserve, which is such balderdash. And, and so we do not accept that we need to reach out and help one another. And we treat needing help as sinful. And so there, when you are against the wall and there is nothing left to sell and you are hungry, what do you sell? The only thing that you have left. Yes, your body. And we all pass judgment. And, and you're so right. It is, a, it is that idea that we, we judge people because we believe that we may not ever be in that situation. You judge the homeless person on the street corner, and you judge, we judge everyone. And if you're living in love, you're not making judgment. You're stopping to say, bring myself into one, and remember that I am one with everyone. And you don't try to create the separateness, and you don't judge. Exactly. Well, you try. I mean, we're going to judge. It's it's kind of a human component, I believe. And so when you do fall down, you forgive yourself and step back up. And when you can fix it, fix it. But remember it. Remember to ask yourself, what would love do now? If there was anything in my life, my friends, that I would take, I would change. And I've had a very exciting life and long one. But if there were anything in my life that I would change, it is the words I have casually spoken without looking and realizing the impact they had on others. I would take back my words. There have been so many times in my life when I have forgotten that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was what? The word was God. That is one of the most powerful tools we have, and we use it against ourselves. We think negative words about ourselves. We think negative words about other, and all of it is an us and them concept. It's forgetting that we are one, that it's okay to fail, because when we are not our highest self, we provide another person the opportunity to be their highest selves. And that we can back to that start it goes back to the to the sentence in the verse today can you love people and lead them without imposing your will yes oh, but it comes yes. down to it's passing judgment is imposing your will upon someone else exactly oh my gosh you're so right and bob may i say something you said something today that took my breath away and my words away and and I, we all know that happens seldom. And it was, we even forget our oneness within ourselves. We treat, we forget our spiritual part with with our human part. We we act as though it's all one or the other, and it's it's a merger. And this is all about what we've been doing here is all about merging them and leading with love or asking, 
what would love do now? That was just a beautiful, beautiful, it was an epiphany for me. Uh, and I thank you for that because that's true. And you're right about what Dyer said. It is that. It is that. Leading without insisting someone do it our way. Right. It sure is. It's and not controlling. Yeah, not controlling. And having no expectations, which is how we started out at the beginning of this year with the great uh, quote from Yogananda where his his master, Sri Yuktasar, told him, I have no expectation of you. How could I possibly be upset with you? I have no expectations. Yes, yes. You know, everything ties back together to things that we've talked about before without without doing great studies and spending hours and hours of time trying to tie things in, they just come back to us that here's, you know, these great phrases and things that we found. As <laughs> I was... <laughs> That's so true. The, this morning I got up and I went, went to the computer before I was getting ready for the show, and I was going to try to find a quote for today, and the quote for today that I actually used was, I think I've said before that my partner and I, we make collages, and we collage, and it's a way to put down on paper what you'd like to happen in your life. And the quote that I took was actually off of, I, in, our, in, the, in our sacred room, we have the, those collages on the wall, and I actually, that's the first time I think I've ever read it, and it's been here for months and months and months. And I just happened to read that quote, and it was there after I had found this on Yahoo!, when I logged in this morning, it said, restore calm in your life. And it's a woman who's looking out over the ocean, and she seems to be in a yoga position, and or sitting with her legs crossed and her hands opened up on top of her knees. So I thought I would share. I, I thought it was just so timely because it's what everyone is trying to do. And the article basically lists six things that we can do to bring calmness back into our life. And as I read through it, I'm not going to read the article, but I'm going to, I am going to tell you what the six things are because I think they're important because we say we don't find time to meditate and we don't find time to make that appointment to, with ourselves every day or with God or with love, with Yahweh, with Allah. So I think these are there's a couple things in here that we can do that, we say, yeah, you know what, we could make that appointment. And we thank you all who do make your, who join Mara and I with for our appointment that we have on Sundays and the appointment that Mara has on Friday mornings. The first thing that the article says is turn off the TV. How much time do we spend watching TV? We could spend a little less time watching TV and make that appointment with ourselves and concentrate on not separating, but bringing ourselves in, in together as one. Limit the time you spend online. Pretty obvious there. goes along the same lines of turn off the TV. And how many times are we sitting in front of the TV and online? <laughs> so, exactly. Another one is don't nuke your food. Cook it the right way. Cook it as, as it was intended to be cooked. Use more natural ingredients. That's just going to help your body. It has nothing to do with making that appointment with yourself, but it's about keeping... I can always remember when I was a child, my, my father saying that, you know, your body is, is the temple of God, and, you know, you don't put into... You know, you don't eat bad things, and you don't drink, and you don't smoke, and you don't do all the things that I do, but... Just taking that one thing at a time, eating more vegetables, adding more nutrition into what we're eating. Don't drink soda and frozen juice. Again, along the same lines. Their fifth recommendation is to stop and take a deep breath. And that's what we've been advocating since the beginning of our show, is taking those three deep breaths. No matter when you can do it, if you're in a traffic jam, if you're walking the dog, if you're at your office at your desk and struggling with something, put it aside a minute and take three deep breaths. 
And their sixth one is to move. Don't just talk about going to exercise. Actually get up and do it. Go take a walk. It doesn't have to be much. Just move and get your body going. It'll make you feel good about you, about yourself. And as you're doing that walk, you can concentrate on your breathing and you can concentrate on your oneness. So I thought those were all great things that not help us only. They help our body, I think, to be able to more integrate into the soul and to be able to understand and appreciate, maybe even accept that inner inner intuition, if you will, or inner... The voice inside you. Voice inside you, exactly, telling you, yes, you are doing the right thing and that you are enough. So we do need yes. to take care of our bodies in order to allow our soul to to hear our soul. If we're abusing our body... We're, how can we open up our soul? That is so true. It, and uh, as you all know, the meditation series that we do during the week arises from this book that I wrote in combination with God. There's a long story there, and I'm not going to go there, but I want to share the very last passage. Keeping in mind the six things that Bob just talked about. Zealously approach life as a grand event. Life is to be lived, not observed. Do not allow yourself to become enmeshed or embedded in the lives of others, sacrificing your chance to live your life, watching others live a make-believe life. Turn off the TV. Turn off the computer. Live, live, Live. Eat a good meal and take a walk. You bet. You bet. Talk. Try talking for a change instead of talking about what's on the television or what, uh, you know, talk about things that are happening in your life. You know the real challenge is to talk about life without talking about it in terms of talking about people. <laughs> you know, it, it's really hard. But let me tell you, after a while, once you've mastered the art of not having every discussion be about how someone else is not meeting your expectations of them, and you recognize their oneness with you, you soften your words, you will find that, that there are wonderful things to discuss out there. There are beautiful, beautiful events in nature if you're walking, the sparkle of the energy of the leaves, which the trees are willing to share with you, that energy, if you invite it in. The waving. I always say when the wind is blowing, it's as though the leaves are clapping for you right now. The beauty of that. The, um, the look of the sun on something unexpectedly. So many times we get so caught up in our words of judgment that we lose sight of the actual beauty that's in front of us. We really do. And, and it's really during the springtime season looking at the trees. Not that it's not there all the time, but especially now when those leaves or those blossoms are coming out in the, on a pear tree or when... You look at a, a fire bush that's coming out and the reds and the, blue, the violets and purples that are there. Yeah, yeah. You know, looking at a tulip and truly how delicate it is and what a hearty, hearty flower it is. If you set it aside and you put it inside, it will come out again next year and more. There will be more tulips with no water, no light, nothing. What a hardy, hardy species. Do you know that they actually say our species, our bodies are designed to live for hundreds of years. But we so abuse them that the thought, we treat the stories of somebody being 700 years old in uh, the Old Testament as a myth. As a myth and, and believe that that cannot happen. My great-grandfather lived to 113, and that's like, wow, that's a huge old age. That's not 700 he didn't drink. He didn't drink soda and, and frozen juices, probably. No, he didn't. He didn't. And he didn't right. You're right. I mean, we don't even think about what we're ingesting. And, and he probably walked a lot more and worked outside and lived, didn't go to an office that with all of the 
with you know inside. He was out in the sun. You know, and we exactly. treat him today. I, we and I think a lot of times today we think, oh, we shouldn't be outside in the sun. We we treat the sun as if as if it is cancer, that it is yeah. the cancer that is gonna you know you stand in the sun and you're gonna get cancer. And I happen to have a sunburn today. I try to get outside. I always. I always think of it as it's full of vitamins and getting my vitamin D and it's working along with the milk to keep my bones and everything strong. Uh, curious, I should, at least you're moving. Or sunscreen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe sunscreen, but that's a, once again, it's another chemical. Uh, you know, I, I don't know about all of that, and I guess I'm not here to say you all need to go out and join a food co-op, but I think when you start believing that you're valuable enough to create a life for yourself and your family that's away from what some very powerful people have decided we want to see and do, uh, you know, where everything has to cost money. If you're going to have an event, it has to cost money. It can't just be a walk together as a family talking not playing a game. Instead, you've got to watch a television show, spend $100 and go to a movie. Folks, there's a whole world out there. There is absolutely, totally a whole world out there. And I, I'm going to take a picture of my next-door neighbor's backyard just to show you, my gosh, just exquisite. And yet we miss that. Gardens there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I bet it's just yeah. beautiful now. Oh, it truly is. It's John and... Uh, Cinda's yard, Bob, the one to the left, it's just exquisite. And I walked by that yesterday because I was intent on something else. So, wow, huh? Folks, the world Stop and is the out roses, there. as they say. Absolutely. Absolutely. I did want to read something today. I, don't, I use, try not to usually read long passages, but I was led to this in, in conjunction with... Um, bringing in oneness. And I've been talking about the oneness with, within ourselves, but we need to remember also that we also have, we need to not separate ourselves from God or from love, from Yahweh, from Allah, from Jehovah. And in the book Communion with God by Neil Donald Walsh, he, he says here, still, as long as you imagine that you are separate from God, you will imagine that you are something other than what God is, which is life itself. You may think that you are that which lives, but you will not imagine yourself to be life itself. This separation of itself from itself is what you have called the casting out of the Garden of Eden. Suddenly, where once there was eternal life, now there is death. Suddenly, where once there was abundance, there is not enough. Remember, folks, we are enough. There is enough. Suddenly, it seems that there are many aspects of life competing for life itself. This is impossible in ultimate reality, but not in your imagination. You can even imagine that you are in competition with the birds, with bees, with every other living thing and all other human beings. You can create a nightmare in which all that supports your life seems to limit it. Thus, you will actually attempt to subdue that which supports you. You were told to have dominion, but you have decided that this means domination. So you have actually begun a war with nature and with the natural order of things. You have used science and technology to twist and turn and manipulate nature so that it bends to your will. You are slowly destroying nature as it, is nat as it naturally is in an attempt to experience yourself as you already naturally are. You are already what you seek to be, eternal, unlimited, and one with all. You do not remember this. And so you seek to subdue life in order that you may have more abundant life, and you do not even see what you're doing. Life becomes the single common denominator. Everyone wants life and the things that support life. And because you think there is more than one of you, you are afraid that there may not be enough life to go around. Out of this fear, you produce your next imagined reality, death. Wow. As I just read that, that made, it made me think of what you just said, you know, that we think that it is a myth that 
the people in the Old Testament lived to be 700 years old or 150 or 300 or however many years old. But we, reading, rereading that passage again made me realize that, yes, by fear causes us to die earlier and by killing nature around us and not being one with nature, one with one another. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, the Hindus call that Maya. So if you ever see that word, M-A-Y-A, that's what that is, is that's the separation, the failure to recognize our unity with the universe, our connection one with each other. You know, in Corinthians, Jesus said, we are of the body and the body is one. But people don't pay attention to that. They think that means that everybody has to be Christian. <laughs> I, I, right. I always... Uh, I've been astounded at that concept, but, you know, that and, is... And then you take that to another level where also people take that interpretation based upon their denomination of, of Christianity, okay. and they think that it only applies to them. So really, just look at the different levels of separateness that we make amongst ourselves. I remember when I was a kid, we lived in an old house in the, in the, in the south city of St. Louis, and I remember sitting out, I can, I can just remember like it was yesterday that I was sitting, looking out the window, and I grew up Catholic during that part of my life, and seeing people walk by and having someone, or having the priest tell us, you know, during that week at school that there were people out there that weren't Catholic and I think they were trying to promote us into a vocation, so to becoming missionaries to, to promote Catholicism, if you will. And I can remember just sitting there thinking as people would walk by. We lived on a rather busy street, and next door to us was a little grocery store, and on the other side was a tavern. And I'd watch people come in and out, sitting at that window, and just thinking, wow, if they're not Catholic, they're going to hell. Yes. And I yes. <laughs> I can remember that like it was yesterday and thinking, you know, oh, my gosh. And then think going back to school the next time and saying, now, wait a minute. If they weren't told, <laughs> how would they, you know, would they be going to hell? If they're in Africa somewhere or Indonesia or wherever and they're, and they're not Catholic, maybe they don't know. And why would God punish them if they don't know? So it, from a very... From being a very small child, we, we learn to separate everyone from us and to separate everyone because of their religion, their race, their culture, their just everything, just as a society. And I don't think it's just our society. It's most societies that just start separating people into little groups. That's exactly true. And in the process of of doing that we obviously create the us and them camps and all and then it wasn't too long to we were able to create worthiness and so you're not adequate to deserve the largesse that, that another group is and that is why uh, one of the things uh, you will hear us talk about is the idea as people begin to accept that they are enough and that they have enough and that they can have what they want they will let go of the need to hoard and have more than they need. And then we will not have, we may well have people who choose to be prostitutes, but they will not have to make that choice based on their need. inability. Yeah, need, thank you. Yeah, need. I think that leads very well into verse 9, so that you could read verse 9, and we'll make a couple comments, and then we'll let everyone relish in the beautiful music of meditation station of the pool of the soul <coughs> oh, excuse me verse 9 to keep on filling is not as good as stopping overfilled the cup hands drip better to stop pouring sharpen a blade too much and its edge will soon be lost fill your house with jade and gold and it brings insecurity Puff yourself with honor and pride, and no one can save you from a fall. Retire when the work is done. This is the way to heaven. What it's saying is when you have enough, recognize that you have enough, right? Don't yeah. 
and remember and remember that remember that you are enough in Wayne Dyer's book um, change your thought change your life living the wisdom of the Tao he sometimes or maybe he does it in every chapter I haven't read the whole book by any means I just happened to read uh, verse 9 and sometimes he does has a little thing here that says do the Tao now and I actually read this yesterday well, maybe it wasn't yesterday it was a few days ago and I tried it this morning um, he said, at your next meal, practice portion control by asking yourself after several bites if you're still famished. If not, stop and wait. If no hunger appears, call it complete. At this one meal, you'll have practiced the last sentence of the ninth verse of the Tao Te Ching. Retire when the, in brackets here, eating is done. This is the way of heaven. This morning, I, uh, a friend of mine yesterday told me that she had gone somewhere and she had this delicious French toast and it got me hungry for French toast so I made some this morning and we sat down to eat it and I thought about this and I said all right I'm going to practice this and I didn't eat all that I had and my partner commented and said oh you're not going to eat it all because I'm an eater let me tell you folks and I said no we don't always have to eat everything that's there we can I'm just going to I'm going to start eating less not to diet but because I don't need to eat as much. Stop yes. when you need to stop. Yes. Yes. That's beautiful. It says a lot to us, Bob, about our work too, doesn't it? Uh, yes. Sure does. <laughs> That's fairly profound. It really is in light of, uh, of, of our obsession with work. Um, if before we go to meditation station, because obviously next week we'll talk about verse nine some more, uh, if I can share, since you've already mentioned Neil Donald Walsh today, I happen to pull Neil Donald Walsh cards. I may have mentioned that in the past. I do that because of the fact that I, I believe that I'm talking with God. I know that a million people could get exactly the same cards, but I'm always amazed at how right on they are. And as we started today, I looked around in my my combination sacred place and and workstation and realized, where are my cards? Where are my cards? And so as Bob was talking at one point, I found them and I pulled cards. And since we are about a revolution of love, all of us, each and every one of us, there's eight of us right now and possibly more, and there will be more, who will listen, who will believe, and you will bring converts to love by your behavior. I wanted to share with you one of the passages, one of the cards that Neil Donald Walsh has created. Love is the energy which expands, opens up, sends out, stays, reveals, shares, and heals. Not that I would put myself anywhere in the class of Neil Donald Walsh, but I would also say that love is the energy which listens in silence. No judgment. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Mara. And thank you all for being here, and we wish you a lovely Easter Sunday. And we wish you a wonderful spring and a wonderful new week. And we look forward to uh, talking with you all next week. And may you be enfolded in love this week as you begin the new week and there begin spring. And, and with that, I'm going to leave you as... Bob, Bob, before you start the music, I'm sorry, but the guys are saying, let me... Tell, remind everyone of what the meditation is about this week, which is this week everyone is invited every day to sit down and look at Passage 1 and Uniquely, which is available on our blog. And it starts off, before you start the music, absolute love is your birthright. The Divine One's love for you is unconditional. You are perfectly created from the Divine One who sees your perfection no matter what you do. You are loved. Namaste. Namaste, my friends. May peace enfold you. Peace be with you all. And remember, you are enough.
and I, we leave you with Pool of the Soul by Meditation Station.
Love Talk Radio.